Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve, and I'll be pretending to be Jewish on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and this week we're looking at Season 6, Episode 10, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, in which Christmas hijinks befalls the Crane clan in ever-increasingly farcical ways. Uh, Steve, very specific question that you probably might just be able to bat away instantly with, <laughs> with I didn't do this. Who did you play in the nativity at school if you were ever lucky enough to be in such a performance? Um, I, I don't think I was. I was in a, oh. uh, a production of Joseph's in the Technicolor Dreamcoat as one of Joseph's guards, but I was Ooh. a little bit older. But no, I can't remember being in a nativity. I think I was probably a mom when I was about five, maybe. So um, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, to quote mm. Star Wars. Well, that is, that's still, you know, you still had some parts there. Um, I... I think I was a king, one of the three kings at some point. Also, nice. around Christmas, I went to, I was probably about 11, maybe 10. And we went to an old people's home near my primary school. And we did not a nativity Christmas play, but we did like the the basically the story of Jesus' final months. Um, <laughs> and I played Pontius Pilate, the Roman general that ordered his death. Um, nice. Nice, you know, in front of in front of you know old people. Did so... you have to do the typical dress up? Actually, I do remember. I don't remember being in a nativity as such or what role I played, but I do remember everyone had to have uh, like a dressing gown and a tea towel on their head because apparently yes. that was acceptable back then for children. Of to dress course, up in that of way. course, <laughs> kind of very quick DIY, uh, make me look like a magi. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, listeners, if you have any nativity stories, please let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you uh, on this holiday special episode. Um, Completely unrelated to holidays, Steve and I are battling what we think may be some form of COVID and have been coughing dryly for about three weeks each. Um, so I will do my best, as will Steve, to mute before coughing, um, which might re- re- kind of result in some strange pauses. Um, but inevitably, there are going to be, <coughs> like that one, some coughs on the mic, which we really apologise for because it's not very pleasant. I know, they're all very, very familiar with your uh, classic echoing cough. My trademark <laughs> echoing cough. Uh, <laughs> trivia this week, Stephen. Let's tuck ourselves in, if we dare to a Christmas corner uh, where the trivia awaits. I'm going to open with our boy down under, who will be celebrating Christmas uh, uh, ahead of us uh, this year, (laughs) Hamish. Question number one. At the time of me writing this trivia question, what link do I have to this episode? What link does Hamish have to this episode? Or to the the day upon which he was writing this trivia question. Uh, it was the day that it first aired in 1999. 
Correct. Nine or nineteen ninety-eight. Ninety-eight, and it oh, was, was December seventeenth. There we go. <laughs> Why does Frazier tell Niles to stop it? Uh, what take it down a notch or stop it? Which one am I going for there? Uh I've just got why why does Niles tell Frasier tell Niles to stop it? Probably overacting Jewish, I guess. I don't know. Frasier refers to Martin as dad when Niles corrects him oh, as yeah. the Jewish say Papa. 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 Uh, very good indeed. Uh what is Niles doing for the next ten nights when Daphne asks him? Um he just says yes, doesn't he? <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for. Yes, not yes. interrupt Daphne with just a yes. Very good indeed. Um, trivia from Run for Your Life. Can you name in order specifically the Christmas things that would give it away to Helen that Fraser isn't Jewish? There are six things I'm looking for here. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be kind and lenient. I would. What six six things that give away that he's not Jewish. Absolutely, yeah. The wreath, I think, is the first Correct. Thing that, that's one. Um, no Jewish wine. Uh, is, that, is that a giveaway? I, I mean, I've not got it, but that is that is permissible. Uh, cooking ham. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, dad working on his own car. <laughs> <laughs> I've not got that one, but again, technically correct. Uh, the Christmas tree turning up. Brilliant. Uh, Rudolph, is that going to be? Not on no, here. I suppose it's hidden. Um, Eddie dressed as a little Santa Claus. Yep. I have no idea how many I've got now. Okay, okay. what, what am I doing? <laughs> I have no idea. Jesus! <laughs> oh, G- Jesus. He yeah. kind of freezes with his arms out like a plane. Jesus! <laughs> um, so I think all, all that we haven't got there is Martin walking and saying, hey, Fraser, you know, since it's the night before, Dad! Yeah, yeah, um, okay, yeah. So, yeah, you did a pretty bloody good job. Though. I'm going to give you the point clean as a whistle there, <laughs> Steve. Uh, trivia from our boy, Niall Crane. And as always, it's a beautiful visual question. In the opening scene, how many Christmas trees do we see in the shop? It's going to have to be a random guess of Six. Oh, it's six. <laughs> no way. It's... I've got a Nile question right. Right. Oh Stop my the podcast. God. I'm tapping out of the whole that thing is... now. I'm done. That's outrageous. That is. <laughs> that was a complete, slightly educated guess of I. I don't know. That was just a number I plucked out of nowhere. That's seriously, seriously good stuff. Um. Also, completely unrelated, but it reminds me of something I love in Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick, a film I mm-hmm. really like. In every scene, there's a Christmas tree somewhere wow. in in the background or in the room. Um, in every scene, um, and he he used kind of the actual fairy lights to light the scenes and stuff. How cool is that? Yeah, really awesome. Uh, just final question. Oh no, we've got two more. I think from this little uh little batch. Uh, trivia from the scary hippopotamus. Uh, fill in the blank. When, with the crane jeans and Lilith's contributions, I'm sure the blank isn't holding its breath. NFL. NFL, very good. <laughs> uh, little Owl in the Glen asks, Faye's mother tries to help out Fraser by pretending that she is buying the yellow sweater for her niece. Later in the episode, we get a clue to the possible name of that niece. What might it be? Oh, that's a good question. And I don't know the answer. <laughs> this is a really nice question. Uh, it could be Janet, as Faye tells Fraser that her mother is currently downstairs trying to set up the doorman with Faye's cousin Janet. 
Faye's very... cousin would be Helen's niece. So that could very well be the same niece from the first scene. And Ooh. finally, from little Bobby Briscoe, the roast in the oven, which is obviously ham, but then referred to as brisket, is referenced how many times in this episode? So I'm God. guessing in its ham slash brisket forms, Steve. There is, uh, Niall says, ooh, ham. So that's mm. one. There is, if I don't get that brisket out, it will my Sinai will be as dry, or dry as the Sinai. Something dry as that, the like side that. eye, yeah. Yep, there's that one. Um, there's Helen sits on the sofa and says, whatever it is smells very good. I want to have a taste of it. Does that count as a reference? Ah, could um, do. Could do. I'm going to go with five. Oh, I've got here six. Gosh, well, I didn't think it'd be six twice. I, mean... I was going to say six helped you out earlier. Um, some lovely, lovely questions there from Hamish. Uh, let's have yours, Steve. Um, well, like I said earlier, I've, I've done a couple for you that are about this episode, but a couple that I just thought I'd chuck in some random Christmas trivia for you in a, in a way. Mm, um, I love that. Number, number one, in Nervosa, yes. Daphne explains the first act of her show to Niles what three songs does she say the the cast perform? Oh God, oh, this is a fantastic question, and I can't recall any of them. A Jesus Christ Superstar, a Jesus Christ Superstar medley is one of them. Yeah, because um, obviously it's a hodgepodge. There's um, a rousing rendition of Oh, Away in a Manger. Why would there be a rising rendition of that? I don't know because it's a it's a variety show special, Steve. Come on, um, you've got not... to, sometimes you've got to remix the hits. <laughs> it's Even not in the a manger. Okay, um, I've got one. Can you tell me what it's from? <laughs> um, this song does feature heavily. Well, I'd say re- relatively heavily in uh, Home Alone one. It's quite a sing along, rock and rolly kind of song. That's Rocking the... around the Christmas tree. Close jingle bell rock. <laughs> oh damn. Nice, nice. And the and last it, one. Give me the other one. Give me give me the other one. Basically, they're gonna do a rails and rendition of Jingle Bell Rock, go into a Jesus Christ Superstar medley, and then everyone's gonna link arms and sing Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um the second question. Mm. Frasier tells Martin Rudolph isn't one of the original reindeer. Can you name the original reindeer? <laughs> oh, you son of a gun. Okay. Dasher. Yes. Dancer. Yes. Donna. Yes. Blitzen. Yes. Prancer. Yes. Dasher, Dasher, Dancer, Donna. Prancer. How many more have I got to name? Three. Oh, jeez. Dasher, Dancer, Donna, Blitzen. The clue is one of them, one of them, Martin calls Ronnie Little. Oh. Little. He's a rapper in in Frasier. You get the toe ring, little. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna kick yourself. <laughs> oh, tell me, little Cupid. Oh, Cupid. Do you want the other two? What do they begin with? A V and a C. Vixen. Yes, and something that goes through the sky. Comet. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, give me, give me half a point. I'll give, I'll give you most of that. Do you, how well do you know the song Must Be Santa by Bob Dylan? I don't know it well. In that case, I won't ask you the rest of the question, which was which presidents of the United States does he rhyme with those? And I can Ooh. tell you they are. He says Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Comet, Cupid, Donna, Blitzen, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton. Oh, that's nice. 
I have no idea why you put them in that song, but it does fit. It's got a bit um, of Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire about it. Very clever stuff. I love that song. It's one of my favourite Christmas songs. Um, and talking of my favourites, number three, Will, what mm. Christmas movie do I watch every Christmas Eve and have done for around 20 years? I have a feeling it's the greatest Christmas film of all, which is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Bringing it back towards this actual episode and Frasier. Question mm. number four is relatively easy in a way. Which, uh, oh, sorry, the episode won an Emmy. What did it win an Emmy for? This episode won an Emmy. Yeah. Ooh. I'm either thinking kind of best ensemble or best supporting actor for David Hyde Pierce, which I think would maybe be a bit a bit hyperbolic because he doesn't actually have that much screen time. Th- think more technical, maybe. Oh. Not to do with acting. I mean, it can't be costume design. They've just thrown a white robe onto Niles. <laughs> it's not that uh, technical. It's not, it's not <laughs> maybe, that te- technical. Maybe, maybe technical wasn't the best word for it. I don't know. Best directed episode of a sitcom? It's the Emmy for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series. Oh. And it was actually written by Jay Cogan, who's written and done produ- uh, producing for The Simpsons, believe it or not. Ah, oh, love yeah. that. Excellent. So a little, those... little connection back for you. That's my four questions. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Steve. Right. Let's get the rest of the questions for you. Right. Where are we? From our boy MK. He asks, as far as we know, which notable characters will be in the review put up, put on by Daphne's theatre group? Uh, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Jacob. Jacob Marley from A Christmas Carol. Very good. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually going to tap out on two. I, I, I can't think of n- more notable people. Sa- Three Wise Men. Yep, of course. San- Santa's Elves. Yep. And tangentially, off. anyone associated with the nativity scene, i.e. Mary Joseph, Angel Shepherds, and their animals. Uh, yeah, I think good. I think she she mentions the first act opens with the uh, the nativity scene, the uh, no it. room at the inn scene. Yeah, who was the man who couldn't walk on water? Mister Blanchard. Very good, very good indeed. Uh, <laughs> Great question it, as well. Dripping with irony. <laughs> um, when describing how Daphne knows if a man is interested in a woman, what animal does she say the man is as nervous as? Oh, this is good. I'd have got this. Uh, nervous as a, it's it's, it's it's a uncommon expression. Well, uh, it is to me. It might not be to others. I will use one I heard years ago on an American TV show, which I now can't remember the name of. I would say it's a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs. That's how nervous <laughs> they are. <laughs> I love that. But uh, actually, one syllable I'm looking for: nervous <laughs> as a hen. Yeah, wouldn't have thought of that. Didn't no, think him hens were that nervous. <laughs> Listen, just let you know, Steve and I are enjoying a festive Frasier-related drink. He's on the sherry, which is far more Frasier-suited. I'm drinking blood is thicker than port. I stand corrected. Um, so we're both enjoying a festive drink. If you haven't already cracked open a festive drink, why not get one now before we begin the review and join us <laughs> with your tipple of choice. Um, animation Watch this week, Steve. What is it, please? 
Christmas lights up and down the space, and we're almost forming a Christmas tree. I, thought. I am going to say this is the best of the best. I think we've said it before. I'm saying it again. It's probably been a year since the last Christmas episode. This is my favourite animation. I, I do, I do so love. Much. I love any any sitcom that brings Christmas into like the opening or closing theme. So I don't just mean yeah. jingle bells over the theme. I mean just tarts up the whole thing a little bit more Christmassy. I think that's really good fun. Do you know the Easter egg about the older ITV sitcom Heartbeat? I don't. So do you remember Heartbeat? I do. So for those listening who don't know, it was this kind of regional, rural kind of soap opera set in in kind of Derbyshire. Um, and it follows a basically yeah rural community and, and their kind of old-fashioned way of life. But <laughs> in the opening credits... If you watch the kind of the, the titles appearing on the clouds, you see Santa go past the cloud in the top right hand <laughs> corner. And they they, they did that. they did that for one festive episode and never got rid of it and left it in every subsequent episode. <laughs> uh, and I remember my dad showed it me one night and I was I was just obsessed. I was a kid and I still am. I was really interested in Easter eggs and like little hidden things in shows yeah, and yeah. media. And I just continued to be baffled and amazed by that one. So oh, that's brilliant. I love that. There we go. Uh tasteful or traditional Christmas, Steve. Which one? I would probably say a mix of both in a way, mm. isn't it? I mean You fence quite... it, are you? Well, it's it's quite nice. I mean, living in a bit of a Victorian house, we do kind of keep it a bit more Victorian stuff here, you know. I don't want to go all garish, but I I miss the nineties for my mum and dad putting tinsel around every mirror and photograph that's on the wall do you know what i mean and having those sort of long bits of tinsel or whatever going from the corner of the room to the light i don't know why people did that in, in england in the 90s and just really garish gold stuff everywhere and yeah. everything was christmas and now I, i'm just we, we've barely even got a tree this year our tree is uh, literally 15 inches tall it's a tiny tabletop tree that's all we ah. have it's quite, it's quite, it is cute, but with many dogs in the house, um, having big trees um, has now become a real problem because they just want to play with everything. Yeah, that's a, we, we should upload our trees to the story after this episode and, and yeah. listeners can see our <laughs> Christmas interiors. Um, I am, I guess I'm probably a little bit of a fence in it too, but I'm more traditional. Um, I like kind of I like my greens and my reds and my golds. Uh, a no, little bit no, of gold. No chili pepper lights then. No chili pepper lights. And I'm going to be honest, actually, not a fan of tinsel and never have been. Uh, no, I don't I mean, yeah. we've not had it on our tree um, since I've left home. Mm, I don't adorn my tree with it. I don't use it anywhere else. But big fan of decorating, big fan of fairy lights. Um, and yeah, just just all, all good round, good vibes. Um, do you have any decorative traditions? I mean, you mentioned putting national lampoons on on christmas eve whenever <laughs> before i left home my mom and i would decorate the tree we would um i would put a film on or some music whilst we decorated the tree some years it was planes trains and automobiles which is technically a thanksgiving film but it's it's close enough um and some other things do you have any any kind of decorative traditions nowadays uh with the last few years it's been more about putting a spotify playlist i have a, i actually have a spotify playlist called merry christmas baby um, nice and it's just probably not actually that many songs as in individual songs. It's probably the same songs done by loads of different artists I enjoy. So different styles, you know, country or a rock and roll one or a just and, and some traditional stuff, you know, the Frank Sinatra or that sort of era as well. 
So mm. I quite like, it's just a massive variety of loads of different uh, Christmas songs. We'll quite often put that on. In fact, the playlist plays pretty much most of Christmas Day. We just put it on a stereo, turn it down a bit and, you know, just talk over it. It's uh, it's always on in the background. Um, I like that. But yeah, I mean, Christmas film-wise, I, tr- I used to always try and watch as a tradition a Christmas film every night from the 1st to the 24th. Um, Jesus. And, but now working so early in the morning, unless I start at 5pm, I'm falling asleep halfway through and I don't make it. Yeah. Um, I tried watching the Eddie Murphy one, the new one, Candy Cane Lane, and uh, literally after 40 minutes I turned it off. because, and, and that's rare for me. I never turn a film off um, unless I literally really hate it just couldn't get into grips with it it just wasn't for me at all i just didn't find it funny not entertaining not original um and brandon flint from fraser fan club actually commented that he fell asleep halfway through and he won't be returning to it either so well there you go not not, not to run it down if you've watched it viewer listeners please tell us you know did you enjoy it but yeah that that film just it didn't seem original enough for me it's just a very generic uh, Christmas movie, which I wasn't enjoying, I'm afraid. So, no, it's not not an endorsement for that particular. Film. <laughs> Sadly, not. <laughs> um, a tasteful interjection here from Faye's mom uh, in the department store. She really does come to Fraser's save salvation yeah. here and does kind of save his bacon um which i think you know for all of her flaws, as we'll probably pick out a little bit. Um, she's 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 kind of annoying and overbearing. She plays she plays her cards very well here. Um and I, it's gotta gotta be honest, you know, well played phase mom. Um you know, we, I mean we're gonna cut to Navosa in a minute, um, where we meet Faye. But yeah, what are your initial impressions of her mother here? Do you think she plays plays herself well? If I'm honest, I think she's brilliant. Mm. I, I just there's just everything about her. I think she's just seems like a wonderful person. The way she does jump to his uh to, to save his bacon, as we say, <laughs> which is ironic. Um she uh she's just very well spoken. She's a charming character, both with the sales clerk, with Roz and with Fraser. She interacts with all of them so well. Um, doesn't literally skip a beat, does she? Of oh, that's for my niece. She's about your size. What do you think of the colour? Hmm? Bit there? Okay. Maybe I'll go with the blue and a smaller size. Gift wrap it. Fraser didn't even ask for that, but she's gift wrap it. She's done. She's buying that. Um, you know, just the way she works through that is just absolutely superb. I thought she's fantastic. And Carol Shelley, I think, who plays Helen Moskowitz, I think she's fantastic actress in this. Really, really well suited to the part. Very well cast. Yeah, no, I completely agree. She does. She does play herself. Play the role really well here. <laughs> um, yeah, we meet Faye in Navosa for the for the blind date. It, I just, you know. I just think it's very odd that she's not met anyone. You know, she's 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 very lovely. She's very eligible. She's got loads going for her. Um, you know, is it because she's got these unresolved issues with her mother that's keeping her from meeting someone? It just seems baffling to me. But then I guess perhaps people would say the same about Frasier from the outside looking in. It's baffling. He's not met anyone. He's also very eligible. Um, and also, yeah, they're both suited so well to one another as we will mm. continue to explore. This, for me, and for a lot of people, I know on FFC, this is the one. Yeah, I mean, we, we find out later, don't we? You know, it's Faye versus Cassandra. I mean, that's just like, I don't know. Forever Faye. <laughs> well, yeah, well, she used the word jejun last night. Um, <laughs> great actress, plays a great character. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it, she she goes on to mention. The thing, I, when you say she hasn't met anyone, how has she not met Frasier? She's the head chef at the Cigar Volant that he yeah. goes into all the time. He's always there. Not once has he ever said, I'd like to meet the head chef or compliments to the chef or she's brought out a dish. Or when you've seen films like, um, is it when, when we discussed watching Boiling Point, didn't we? Mm. And... Um, 
by the way, listeners, if you haven't seen Boiling Point, please watch it. It's absolutely fantastic, or I found it absolutely fantastic. Um, that chef is very interactive with members of the public. He is the chef. That's his restaurant. Mm. He wants to be the face of that restaurant. The, the reason you've hired a big chef over here is to sell your food. So you're telling me that they just hid Faye out the back. Oh, she's a head chef. Put her out the back. No one ever meets her. You don't need to know who's behind this amazing food that she's made. It just yeah. seems strange that I'd have thought the maitre d would have been introducing Fraser, who's a very big client of the Cigar Volant, to uh, the head chef they'd have met. I, I, I just don't believe that she's never met. <laughs> it's an odd one. It certainly seems like they would have passed, uh, you know, each other's paths at some point. Um, Novosa looks lovely for the festive season. Uh, lots of garlands and mm. lights up around the kind of festooning the the ceilings, and uh, yeah, looking very lovely. It was a very pleasant place to uh, to lay our scene here. Um, yeah, she went from a lawyer to a pastry chef. So just to kind of really tick all of Fraser's boxes, deeply intelligent. And also a brilliant cook. Um, and Fraser's got previous with lawyers. Uh, Charles and I are currently on desperately seeking closure uh, with with Samantha Pierce. Um, so he's been there. He's been with lawyers before. Um, so yeah, very odd one. Uh, Faye seems all kind of ready made for Fraser. Um, and a, a shame that things perhaps didn't don't go the way that, that listeners would like them to. Uh back at 1901, there's a giant wreath over the mantle. Is this the first time we see this wreath? I, I believe so. I mean it, they're putting it up or Niles is seemingly helping putting it up. Um I don't know what it hangs on because it doesn't look like there's a nail or anything on that wall. He just mm. seems to just randomly hang the wreath. And what was hanging there before? Because there was no picture up there, was there? No, in, think- obviously back in season when we've got our our father who's our saint heaven we've got the the cordova um, and we uh, do we we've already had the um the paxton the fake we've paxton. had the paxton in the crucible um but i think it's been blank since then yeah i don't think there's been anything up there um, can, I, can i just skip back to nivosa there's a coffee for niles and a coffee for fraser 206 206 is the festival and number. thank you Steve. back we go to 1901 thank um, you very much for your tireless work which which do you prefer, the uh, traditional wreath here or Rudolph? Ooh, that's a good question. I think Rudolph's best placed on the door, personally. Um, however, if it was a toss-up to what I want on the wall, I am going with a wreath. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Rudolph looks fun, but in the closing credits, when you see Rudolph in the actual apartment, it just looks tacky as hell. <laughs> it is so <laughs> tacky. The re- wreaths don't look tacky, you know, it, it done correctly. They can mm. they can they can be very nice. Um I'm a big fan of a wreath. We don't have one here this year. Um though Charles and I nearly bought one on yesterday actually when we were in this like little town near us. There was some for sale. But we just thought it's a little bit too close to Christmas to buy a wreath <laughs> now. It's a bit pointless. Um frequent Fraser Miles get reference now. <laughs> that's uh, actually my next that's my next <laughs> note. I mean you don't actually say these to the women, do you? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite, favourite deliveries of the episode. You don't ever actually say these things to the woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, just so excellent, excellent stuff. Frazier kind of losing his mind with self-indulgent um, and kind of weirdly arrogant belief in his own, yeah, romantic abilities. Um, Jacob Marley in the nativity scene. Um <laughs> Things are really taking a turn at this production. Um, Jacob Marley is always interesting 
for i mean i think i feel like the people that listen to this podcast will be very adept at pub quizzes um i just get that impression from the people that write in but a quiz question i came across recently and was hotly contested although it shouldn't be was how many ghosts visit scrooge in a christmas carol um i would want to say right so you're saying how how many many ghosts? ghosts i'd still say it's three because Oh no, he does yeah, do do Jacob and and he said Bob. Bob Marley's not one of the Christmas guys. <laughs> Don't <laughs> what worry. Are, what are they called? Jacob and um what's the other Marley brother? In the in the book. Yeah. Isn't Ooh, there two? Is possibly, but I feel like the other one's very unimportant. <laughs> well, I'm thinking in the Christmas Carol, the Muppets Christmas Carol, aren't they chained to each other? Isn't that Marley and Marley? Oh, they might be actually. Um, so it's Jacob and not Bob Marley. <laughs> so the correct answer is four. So in the book, it's Jacob Marley and then the three Christmas ghosts. Um, people forget that Jacob Marley is a ghost. You know, the book opens. Yeah. Marley was dead to begin with. He's dead from the opening line. So he has to be a ghost. Um, so therefore, they, yeah. maybe I've seen the Christmas Carol with the Muppets so often that, that Marley and Marley... Um, maybe the second one doesn't actually exist in the book. Possibly, um, although that's not to disparage what is quite clearly the greatest adaptation of a Dickens novel ever. Um, there, is, there is a Christmas Carol with uh, Kelsey Grammer in there as well. Is there? And if you really want, check out my uh, Instagram page from the desk of Marith Crane, because you'll also notice I have a Christmas Carol's a lush and... Kelsey Grammer is holding Niles with a uh, bird on his head. In the Christmas Carol's <laughs> a lush was excellent. Um, probably probably one of my most niche memes that not many people got. But they're the best on ones <laughs> as a slight webbing has always told us. Um, really good. Um, Frasier has somewhat of a vendetta against Rudolph here, and I'm not going to say too much more because I think Corey touches upon this in his trivia, uh, in his fun bits. But uh, he says he's not even one of the original reindeer. I mean... He's clearly the best reindeer. He's well, the one that's got a song. What well, do the others have their own song? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, he is, Martin's right. Rudolph's the king, as far as I'm concerned. I'd let him guide my sleigh tonight. I love that line going back to, uh, which I can't remember which It's uh, it someone to watch over me. Yeah. Uh, hey, Raz, why don't you grab my sleigh tonight? <laughs> so good. So, so good. Um, but yeah. Just an inexplicable uh, hatred towards Rudolph from from Frasier. Um, One of the great deliveries of this episode coming up now with Get out of that coat already! Uh, <laughs> just absolutely brilliant. And he's shouting it to Eddie, isn't he? On the, yeah, on the Eddie, Eddie comes running in dressed as a little tiny dog Santa, doesn't he? And yeah, get out! And she says, sorry, of that Coat already. Coat already. <laughs> Have you ever dressed up your many, many animals in Christmas regalia, Stephen? Um, Elle has dressed up a couple. I will I will post a picture of Winnie in her Christmas dress in front of the mm. fire at some point on the uh, on the socials for people because it is as much as I find it disturbing that she does it occasionally, she does look cute in it. And um every it year 
every, I mean, me and Ella aren't going to have kids. I'll quite happily say that we are, we are perfectly at peace that we will not be uh, having children in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, So every year she does actually put a dress on one of the dogs, a little Sandra outfit. And I always say to her, well, we're not having kids. And she says, well, in that case, just let me dress up the dog. Just let me dress up the dog. Um, Very good. That's been funny for about three or four years now in this house. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's so nice. Um, Well, let me just say what a proud day that was. I still remember reading from the Torah in front of the rabbi and the moyle. Um, this the moyle who did your circumcision, Will. Well, I just wanted to show the word no hard feelings. Um, <laughs> this episode, I think, is the only time I've ever come across that word. Um, not having any any kind of Jewish friends or, or kind of being very ignorant of the, of the Jewish faith, I had never come across this term before. Um, and yeah, I, it's 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 it just it's surprising that the person that performs that isn't just a hospital doctor. It's someone who, within the faith, has their own kind of special place. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting I mean, Frasier does educate me in quite a lot of Jewish things because mm. I must admit, probably before watching this my knowledge of uh, Jewish stuff is very limited other than watching maybe Seinfeld, this, um, the Christmas episodes with the uh, Christmas armadillo in Friends, obviously. Yeah. 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 Things like that. I mean, you don't really, you don't really think of certain people being Jewish until sitcoms bring it out as pretty much a joke. Um, I don't know. It it, it is unfortunate that, yeah, it does get played a lot in the sitcoms we're mentioning that it does seem to be played for comic relief rather than just that is who they are. I believe a lot of the people behind Seinfeld and in Seinfeld were Jewish. So I kind of understand that. Yeah, I think that's true, actually. Yeah. And is is New York quite, you know, sort of inhabited by it's quite well, a big New- Jewish community. I think there is a. I think there's probably a big Jewish community there. I mean, New York, like London, is just a, mm. a cosmopolitan of every every demographic. Yeah. Um, but certainly, there would be a, a kind of a large Jewish presence in, in New York. Absolutely. So that's yeah, I, what ju- I just presume that's up. what. Yeah, Friends and Seinfeld brought it up. I mean, the the references in this, like I say, I've never heard of half of these things until I watched this episode. And obviously, they're not re- they're not really mocking it. It's just a way of having a really good farcical scene with obviously <clears throat> Niles dresses Jesus, Jesus. Christmas trees, you know, the dog dresses Santa, it's the night before Christmas, all that sort of thing coming in. I mean the food being cooked. Oh ham. You know, all so that good. sort of thing. Just so they can avoid it and they've got to try and get her back out. The, the misunderstandings. And again, Fraser and his family lying to people who have come to the house. It's Clive Roddy all over again, is it? it Let's really just lie. Is. Let's just lie and make stuff up for the entire evening. He's trying to have a relationship with these women, and he lies from day one. <laughs> yeah, he he is someone who, although he preaches honesty is the best policy, finds enormous comfort and ease in lying to people. Um, I mean, fra- you know, he's not ever successful. Obviously, he ends up getting hoisted by his own petard, but he does like to lie initially. I mean, in a way, this isn't his lie, as it? Faye starts this. Um, that's true uh, yeah as i I opened you know she's i can't believe i'm asking you to pretend to be jewish on christmas eve and he goes it's not a problem (laughs) not a problem um i mean i I love the fact that they go into the kitchen and fraser says i need you to pretend to be jewish and Niles just instantly goes okay okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) and then followed by "Ooh, ham (laughs) oh ham (laughs) um so good i mean that that kind of one-two punch just play along okay and oh ham is just it's just phenomenal (laughs) Um, yeah, the idea, I mean, I, I had no, again, 
I'm very ignorant of whatever Jewish wine is. If that is a thing, obviously, if, I'm sure we have Jewish listeners. Please, please enlighten us as to as to what this is referencing, or, or more specifically, poking fun at. Um, because obviously, wine is is regional and, and produced, and I, I don't really know what the, the joke is there. Because they make the joke that it's just regular red wine with loads of sugar in it. I just presumed they just have a really, really sweet wine. It's made very, Possibly. very sweet. So yeah. he's just chucking sugar in to sweeten it right up. That's the only thing. It wouldn't have dissolved in that red wine. She'd have been drinking literally sugar granules through that glass. I can't see how he stirs it in and the sugar just dissolves. I'm going to would try it not? It would it not have dissolved? I have no idea. Do you think sugar really dissolves in red wine when he's? I mean, it does. It does in a glass of water. So I. I would hope it would in wine, but obviously alcohol in the wine, I don't know. But obviously, like alcohol has a lot of sugar in it anyway. Um, mm. It so... dissolves very quickly for her to drink, literally seconds later. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. We'll have to. We need a chemist on the line. <laughs> um, I, and I will say this ruby port that I'm drinking, very sweet but very delicious. Mm. Um, I'm already nearly through my second measure of the episode. Let's hope I get to the end uh, and keep this keep the steady ship crane going uh, in a in a port direction, uh, not, not starboard. Um, yeah, the the kind of toast from Niles now. Uh, can you remember the three the three Jewish phrases that he he toasts? I'm... I believe it's uh, Mozeltov. Yes. Lachlem. Yeah, and, Lachayim. Ne- and next year in Jerusalem, which next I think year in actually, Jerusalem. actually annoys quite a few people, that phrase. I think a lot of people think it's quite overdone and just too much for the episode, to be quite honest. But... As, it, as in it's kind of too politically on the nose? or Yeah, I think it just, it, I think a lot of people have just said it just goes too far. They mm. It's a bit like the line, several people have said they don't like that line. And one of my other lines that I find personally quite funny is the, um, the one I quite often say to you when, you when I just joke back to you and I say, I'm God and he knows it. Um, a lot of people don't really like that line. It doesn't sit very well with certain people. I don't know if that's from a religious side or it just bugs them. Um, but I presume this either is either way. Sort of thing. It's valid, yeah. I mean, yeah. either way. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Marzeltov, Lahayim, and next year in Jerusalem are the three, the triplet of Jewish toasts that Niles uh, delivers to Faye and her mother. Um, Martin is very crabby when he's introducing this scene. I don't think he gives a very good impression of. He's like, "Oh, I'm Marty Crane," you know. Not that anyone know it with the way I'm treated around here. Blah 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 blah. Um, I don't know. You're meeting potentially a new a new love interest of your son, her mother, who is technically your age, and perhaps there's there's something that could exist there. Um, he just doesn't give a very good account of himself. I don't think. Martin is known for not creating a big impression. I mean, when Tom Duran's on the sofa that night in The Matchmaker, Martin's first words when he walks around that corner is, do I have to put a tie on for this Joker? Oh, I mean, I I call everyone Joker. This one, he walks out and says, I know it's the night before Chris, uh, it's the night before, and he goes, Dad? And he stops him, and then he goes, well, I'm Marty Crane. Would it be too bad that you tell me that people we have got guests over or whatever? It's, It's almost like whenever he comes out of his bedroom, he's obviously stewed over what's bugging him and he comes out in some sort of bad mood um and he wants to address it you know he's, he's let it build up again he's obviously been letting things fester and he wanted to yeah. clear the air there and then and obviously when fraser has got guests over he then stops that rant and goes into the other well you wouldn't know it you know nothing minds around here and he's annoyed about christmas but yeah he's, he's it's not a great impression of him or family life for for Frasier, really, is it? No, it's really not. And yeah, as 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 your as you quite rightly point out, he's got previous. Um, <laughs> answering everything with a question is Nars's solution for Martin's kind of complete discombobulation in this I, scene. 
I need to apologise to Alistair, the man behind the <laughs> stickers, because he did message me on Instagram saying, um, you're going to enjoy trivia this week and blah, blah, blah. And we were just generally chatting. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to answer Will every time he asks me a question with a question. Uh... But I thought, you might just get really confused if I go, I don't know, do I? <laughs> Do to I? everything, <laughs> to Do everything. I? Or you ask me a question, I go. Are you going to ask me the question properly or not? <laughs> I mean, I might have thought you're being hostile. I might have kind of, you know, exactly. my back would have been up. Yeah. Um, why, why is he just? Why is he being such a politician? Answering a question with a question here. Just, very just give good. me the answer, Steve. <laughs> but yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you avoided that for confusion's sake. However, <laughs> it would, it would have been funny. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Do I? Are you saying I'm not being helpful? Um, very, very yeah. good stuff. Are you going to help me or not? <laughs> uh, Niles is drafted in last minute to the Jesus Christ smorgasbord extravaganza that's happening on uh, City Hall or wherever it's being hosted. Um, and yeah, he he's going to become our Jesus and we'll, we'll see him shortly. Faye's mother invites herself to dinner. Um, yeah, she does say, I mean, is this... Is you can't apologise right? for being forward and then be really forward. That's not how it works. I, I don't know if... Is that trying... Is that the writer, Mr. Jay Kogan? Um, is that him trying to poke fun at Jewish people being forward? She's already been quite forward in the shop saying, uh, what can I do to repay you? And she says, well, you, you could give my daughter a nice date with an unattached doctor. She is quite a forward person. I don't know if I don't, I've never heard that that's a Jewish stereotype, um, but that was the impression I got that they were trying to say that that you know that Jewish people are very forward and they're very blunt in their way of saying, "Well, actually, I really like the smell of that. Can I have a taste of it?" I don't you know. know. It, I, I, it, for me, it feels less like it's it's a it's a religious thing, and it's just it's just who who she is. Yeah, maybe it is. It's just yeah, like I say, I've always just thought, is that what they're trying to get? I mean, I, I find it funny. I find her being forward actually hilarious. Well, they honest, need because... it, don't they? Because they need exactly. her to engage with the ham, um, yeah. the proverbial Ooh, ham. ham. <laughs> Ooh, ham. ham. <laughs> um, I love a good ham. Uh, where I'm going on New Year's Eve, um, Charlotte and I are traveling to some friends. They're cooking what can only be described as five kilograms of ham. Um, I'm just over the moon. I can't wait. So um, that's delicious. L does actually traditionally cook a uh, a ham or a gammon on uh, Christmas Eve every year, and uh, she ordered one, which she's now nicknamed the pygmy ham because it's the smallest ham we've ever had delivered. <laughs> um, and she looked at it when it came with the shopping, and she said, uh, "This is just embarrassing. It won't even feed the two of us. It's tiny, and I mean literally pygmy ham." Um, so it's what the twenty second of December today. Um, listeners, you will be hearing this on Christmas Eve. Um, and she sent me to the grocery store, which was the only way I can describe it absolute hell on earth. Oh, God. Um, so I made it out of there with a bottle of Harvey Bristol Cream, the, the sherry that I'm currently drinking. I made it the out of there with a very nice um, bottle of port, Mazel Tov. Um, was it a tawny or a ruby? Do you know what? I didn't even look. That's how much I cared. As I said to you, it's £19, and with the club card or whatever it was, the, the, the bonus points, I got it for £10. I didn't care. It looked a good quality port. It was half price. I'm taking that home. I'm sure I'll oh, enjoy yeah, it. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, and I went to the ham section, uh, to which she had sent me on WhatsApp a message, try and get this ham. This is the one I want. Well, there was marmalade ham. There was oh, orange God. ham. There was honey and mustard ham. And then there was plain ham. 
my God, if I go home with the wrong ham here and there's no signal in this grocery store, what am I going to do? I need to leave with a ham. I can't go out, pay and get back in again because it's just, it's hell getting in and out of the car park and everything else. I don't want to come back here. I just picked up a plain gammon, big enough, got home. And she said, we well, could have got one of the other ones because they've already got stuff on. I said, but if I'd have come home and it had the wrong stuff on, it would be wrong. This one, we can go and get oranges if we need to, get some whiskey. You can put you know. some honey on it. Exactly. So now we're probably going to have to go to the local shop and buy honey and God knows what else. But anyway, my ham is now here. We have pygmy ham and adult ham. <laughs> so much choice. It sounds like what you accidentally did was wander into the ham annex across the street. <laughs> I um, did. <laughs> and you were just met with met with so much ham. You didn't know what to I've, do. A ham X, if you will. I've actually, I've actually now got ham and emergency ham. <laughs> emergency ham. Um, all picked up from the ham X. Um, very good indeed. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, yeah, the, the the joke and the line now about when Dad started talking about working on his own car, I thought we were gone. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, something I can very much relate to. We've had plumbing issues today, actually. I am not a handy person. I'd very much like to be, um, but it requires... A great deal of co- well, one. I need my own house. I can't rent somewhere because you need to have the confidence to try out things on your own property. Um, it's just not something that I ever possess. I don't think I can do very, was, very basic things. I was always reasonably handy because I didn't mind doing it, and I had friends that had rental properties who you would one person like dropped something and dented a wall, um, and for some reason they called me and I went and decided to. They thought I was being really, really, it, it literally put a hole in the plasterboard. And they thought I was being extreme. And I got a hammer and I smashed the hole bigger. And I said, the only way I can do this is break it big enough, get it back to the post. And then I can cut that bit out and put a new piece in. They thought I was just hammering the hell out of their wall. And I went, no, 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 I can't just fill this random space. They said, have you ever done this before? I went, no, I've just watched a DIY program. And I just thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> that was literally how I learned to do this. And when they moved out, they got all their deposit back and no one ever noticed this hole. So now I've bought this house, I just, because it, it's sort of nearly 200 years old, I don't really think I can do any DIY that's wrong. Do you know what I mean? If something needs mm. repairing, I can give it a go because it's not that new in the first place. Things are a bit crumbly. Things are cracked in places. I can quite easily break a bit of plaster work out and put a new bit of plaster work in or seal around a bath and stuff like that. Just general stuff. Mm. And trust me, when, once you get out of that house and you get into your own, you'll suddenly go, I can do this because trial and error. I, I want bro- to do that, I think, and obviously I can't at the moment. If, if it if it breaks and you think you can fix it, you're not going wrong with trying to fix something. If you then can't fix it and you've tried, call the handyman out. Hmm. But you, you can't make it any worse if it's already broken. All you can do is try and repair it. And if You, can't you say it, that, then- but then when it's things like plumbings and electrics, it's like I could flood the house or start a fire. So... Um, plumbing, plumbing, simple plumbing, yes, is okay. If I had to install a toilet, wouldn't know how to start. Um, I'd have to call Billy Creasel, who drives the big Mercedes. Well, I mean, um, aren't you the guy that used to bring his gym shorts and an attaché case? <laughs> <laughs> the blame here is really 50 <laughs> 50. Um, but things like electrics, I don't touch electrics. Um, I have no, it's not because I don't have confidence in it, I don't have knowledge in it. And um, no. I, ju- I just, I think that's a fire risk personally for me. Um, yeah. Same with gas, would never touch anything to do with God. gas. Absolutely not gas. If, no. it, if it was things like, I don't know, rehanging a door, I'd give it a go. If it's moving or, or fixing up plaster work, I took. I took a whole cupboard out the other day and a huge piece of uh, countertop and had to cut down a piece of countertop to go back in. thought that would be really easy to cut down a wooden piece of countertop, put it back in the space, 200-year-old house. None of the walls are equal. None of the walls are level. 
Um, even going down, going, you know, front to back, everything is unlevel. It took about four hours to cut the right amount off it to fit it into that gap. It was hell. Wish I'd Jesus. never done it. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Well, there we have it, listeners. Let us know your. Do you, do you work on your own car? Um, you know, Jewish or not? Um, and and let us know your your kind of DIY tips and tricks. Um, I love the line delivery from the Christmas tree salesman or deliveryman. Uh, you know, a lot of people put them in their living rooms. Uh, just a really obvious comment because Martin's like, I don't know where to put ours, um, which is just phenomenal. And as I say, we will post ours on instagram um you'll probably already have seen them if you're listening to this now because we'll maybe do it before this episode goes out um at this moment though we have niles's entrance robed bearded and wigged (laughs) as the great man himself jesus christ um what an entrance into 1901 it's just everything about niles from now onwards it's just hilarious the way he glides through to the kitchen the way he glides back out to the powder room you know the finger on his nose when he's snuffling his allergies or whatever like that and and trying to creep around everything he does is just hilarious isn't it the, it's so good it's so so it's a, good it's a great outfit and dhp looks great in it it's he does he looks fantastic um martin's shut up and get out to the delivery <laughs> man <laughs> it's a little bit harsh it is, but it's actually. It, I died laughing at it. Shut so up, because the way he goes, yeah. Well, anyway, shut up, get out. Because yeah, <laughs> he he's about to wish him a great Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, really sad. We haven't uh, got time for this. Let's just get it out of here. So um, shut up, get out. Um, which is just you know, yeah. Poor guy. He's got a he's got a truck full of deliveries downstairs. So we wish him all the best. Um, Jesus, now not <laughs> throwing his arms out. It's the arms going out of Nas as he comes to a standstill, looking like the Angel of the North, um, which I think is what absolutely kills me. Um, yeah. And obviously, Kelsey's delivery is hilarious as well. Faye looks like she's losing it. Like, she's, yeah. she's, she's kind of corpsing behind her hands. There's a um, there's a big fact about Friends and Jennifer Aniston that when Jennifer Aniston couldn't not laugh at someone's line, she puts her hand over her mouth. And if you actually know what friends now, I've told you that when someone says something really funny, you'll see Jennifer Aniston raise her hand and she just always looks kind of shocked, but she's not. She's smirking behind her hand. She said she was the worst person on set for not laughing at someone. But soon as Chandler says something, watch Jennifer Aniston. She will raise her hand over her mouth nearly every time she's trying not to laugh. She couldn't she couldn't stop it. She couldn't cover it up. Literally, she has to physically cover her mouth so she could you couldn't see that she was laughing at it. That's so moving because I remember um Matthew Perry, not that long ago, posting like a bit of a kind of, I don't know what the word is, um, a reminiscence of his time on set. And it was mm. with about Jennifer Aniston. He said, like, making you laugh on set was my favorite yeah. thing to do. And, you know, and she said how how much she loved that. And uh, if, if just, I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm still not quite over that. I'm not, I don't I'm think not I don't think I don't think any of us are. Um, it was so unexpected, and yeah. I think I'm I'm really pleased that it, it's now come out in the news that it was an accident. Um, Jennifer Aniston put on online recently. She said I was texting him that day, and he was in a good place. Um, so yeah, there was no there was no deliberate. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's nice. I, I I'm I'm happier now knowing he was in a good place that day, and it was it was an accident, and he he's at rest. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Helen just has to use the powder room. 
doesn't of course she, she, of course she, she does. does. It's a long trip to the airport. She's had what? a little bit of Jewish wine. It's gone straight to the bladder. She needs to powder her nose. And she's just got a sneaking suspicion that there's a Christmas tree and Jesus himself. I think so. I think there's a bit of clairvoyance going on here, um, uh, Helen. I think you know what's going on there. Um, And we have perhaps the most iconic line of the episode delivered by her to Niles, which is, of course, this is your busy time. Which Um, I have been quoted by, uh, let's name a few people, Jez. Uh, one of our moderators, uh, Jess Sterling is one of our moderators, John Beale on several occasions recently. Every time I say, I'm really sorry, guys, I'm a bit busy, I get, we understand this is your busy time. Um, as a I postal mean, worker, yes, this is my busy time. But... You more than anyone can pull out that line. Um, it's, it's great. It makes me smile every time. Sorry, guys, I'm not available for the next hour. It's okay. We understand this is your busy time. This is your busy um, time. I think this is actually where Helen comes into her own for the next probably five to ten minutes of this episode before she leaves Mm. every line she has. Because now, let's face it, her and Faye are about to erupt. They are. The argument is about to begin. They are. And as as my next bullet point reads, I don't enjoy the hysterical ending to this episode. It feels... I remember watching this about two years ago with my mom and dad, who aren't big. They like Frasier, but they they don't watch it unless they're just lying in bed on a Saturday Mm. morning. Um, And I thought, let's watch some Christmas episodes. It was around this time of year, two years ago. And we put this episode on. They really liked it. But then when, when I was watching it, I'm very... I police how people are enjoying the media that I'm showing to them, and I want them to love it. And when they're screaming at each other... I'm just thinking, this isn't my mom and dad's bag. They're going to be getting annoyed <laughs> now. Um, and so I get annoyed because I just don't like the screaming at each other. And, and again, with Kelsey and, and John as well. It, it's In some ways, it's tough to watch, but I actually really enjoy it. I enjoy mm. it because mm. of... The, because of the way they resolve it, um, and like I say, Helen's lines now when she goes, "No, sit down, stop. We're nearly through." That's um, a great line. That's a I good think line. she's hilarious. Faye, can't you see you're making them uncomfortable in their own homes? She, her voice just gets more and more passionate. Faye, sometimes I do hate you, <gasps> and 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 they're both, and then they um, then they hug. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, she goes, "Right, should we go to the airport then? Let's go," <laughs> <laughs> and it stops. The, the, the <laughs> speed that it starts, it stops. Um, I was going to bring up, actually, Amy Brenneman that plays Faye yes. has actually been recently involved with Anders Keith, who plays David Crane in the new Frasier. Ah. She has been in uh, a play, which the LA Times have said it's in their top best of 23, um, a theatrical performance of The Sound Inside. So um, that's got a third act problem, though. Yeah, I heard it definitely needs a third act. <laughs> um, I, I really like the gutting the fish scene. Oh, um, yeah. I uh, I just thought it was really interesting that she's still obviously doing a lot of theatre, actually. Um, and I did wonder because Jeff Greenberg, who was the casting director for the this sh- uh, this season or these seasons, sorry, the original show and the new season. Um, he actually went to see it and said it was really lovely to meet up with both of them because obviously he cast both of them into their positions. Um, nice. I do wonder if he started seeing that play with those in it before he cast Anders Keith. Was that where he found out? I wouldn't know. Mm. Um, but it just seems very coincidental that he 
been seeing Anders Keith in that role, and then suddenly there he appears in the new show. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful that they've they've acted together. Um, and I actually, I, I, I'll be honest, just quickly to touch on the new season, I didn't like David to start with. He gets better as it goes on, but in the first okay. couple of episodes, I literally wanted to strangle him. Right. Um, but he does, he he grows on you slowly over time. Over the ten episodes, you warm to him, but at mm. the start couldn't stand him like nails on a chalkboard couldn't stand him at all right that's interesting as someone who <laughs> hasn't yet watched them um which i know is shocking to be the host of this podcast and to not have got to it i think it is because i'm still in a bit of denial i'm still being quite protective of the original series i'm reluctant to pierce the bubble and, and acknowledge that there is a fraser beyond the 11 the way, seasons we know the way i did it was i treated it like a completely new sitcom completely different um i don't compare it to the original run i don't I, it is a continuation obviously some of the storylines do pick up they do continue um, but I never compare it. I just I just watch it as a new show. It's ten episodes of a new show featuring featuring one of the cast members from the original show. That's as, that's as easy what's, as it is. What's the word on the ground in terms of its its continuation of the continuation? Are we are we expecting a renewal? Personally, I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's gone down very well. I I can't remember who reviewed it recently, but it's in the top fifty shows of twenty twenty three. Yellowstone was massive for Paramount this year, um, and when Frasier was released, it knocked Paramount off the number one in the UK slot for Paramount, and it mm. also went to it, it went to number one in Paramount on uh, in the USA as well. So that it was it was big. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's not the there legs. now. It's not there now. Um, I, I think it was relatively well received, but I, I, I've got massive hopes for season two, and I think it will continue. I think it's quite positive. It's had a lot of, it's had some negativity. Obviously, there's a lot of people that won't watch it or don't want to watch it because of the original. Um, but I'd still urge people to give it a chance. Just don't look at it that you know it's the same show. It's not the same show. It's a new show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good advice. Um, the episode ends with Martin and, and Frasier having their own Faye and Helen-esque uh, <laughs> kind of argument. And, you know, sometimes I do hate you living here. And, and Martin Martin saying he feels like a guest in his own home, which I get and I empathize with. Frasier also is a young-ish, he's middle-aged, single man um, who obviously is having some of his lifestyle cramped by um, having yeah. his dad there. It's an it's a no win situation. They're both very much within their rights to to kind of take umbrage with the other. Um, I don't really think we're supposed to pick sides here. Um, and you know they they come to their own conclusions, don't they? It's very quick, isn't it? I mean, we see this in Space Quest, don't we? That they've fallen out a couple of times. That you know that Martin's mm. moved in. I mean, that's very early on, but Martin's moved in. He's sort of getting in Fraser's way a bit. Um, and there's a couple of other episodes, isn't there? Is there one with um, Martin says his anniversary of moving in? I can't mm. remember if that's coming up or going. I can't remember the episode off the top of my head. Um, and he gets a bit upset that Frasier hasn't really remembered that they've moved in and they've been around each other for that long, etc. So there's there's some similarities of other episodes in the fact that they do clash living together. But that's the whole point in Frasier, really, isn't it? That he rebuilds that relationship with his father over the 11 seasons. And by the end of it, they're, they're in love with each other again. That You know, Martin's a lot softer and Frasier's a lot more warm towards Martin. Whereas in the early seasons, they just don't get on at all. And this is this is the middle of season, you know, 11 seasons. Six is kind of midway, isn't it? We are in the middle of this now. This is... We are very much in the thick of it. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like their argument as well, actually. I mean, the fact they both burst into tears. We should ask Mrs. Shapiro down the hall. We can't. She's aware. You know, they, they, <laughs> the way they get so upset. We can't. She's out of town. Um, which actually brings me back. I think, is it our season four recap we did? And that was one of the funniest things. I think someone kept commenting um, when we were asking the trivia and someone said, you should ask Mrs. Shapiro down the hall. And someone actually replied on the chat, we can't, she's out of town. Um, oh, just brilliant. Think, it's just two really great um, lines, which actually brings me back to, um, I can't remember the line, that it's, it's a lot earlier on in the episode. Um, and Frasier jumps into the Moskowitz. Oh, no, it's, it's Niles when he says about the reef. What happened to the Moskowitz family down the hall? No, they, they moved. moved out. Um, and then we, we just forget about the reef. Do you know what I mean? Niles just goes with that. But um, mm. yeah, I, I love that line as well. So sorry. That's... Anyway, back back to the end of the episode. Don't you don't you <laughs> dare ever apologise for your wonderful insights into Fraser. That is why we love you, Stephen. Um, we are very much at the end of episode Gubbins now. Top ten, Steve. You know, B- do you know big what? question? Big question. It is very big question it it's is not in my top 10 but there god damn it's close it's, it's so close. close um this is uh, listeners will hate me for about as much as when i said ham radio is probably 11 this is probably 11.5 do you know what i mean it's so close to being ham radio in not being in the top 10 is a bigger surprise to me but out of 264 i can only have 10 and you I've can to... only have 10 you can only have 10 do you know um, what i i watched this and I, I picked my top 10 when I first started coming on to the podcast and reviewing with you. And I made that set in stone. And every time I've looked at an episode like this or ham radio, I've looked and thought, you think you could reconsider what, what could I take out? Mm. And it's, it's a hard, it's a hard question. This is literally like I say, this is, this is so close to being in there, but I, I just can't, there's the other 10 that I can't take one out. I don't know what I'd take out. I don't know which one I'd lose. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So um, it is very close. Is it in your top 10? As you know, Steve. There is one left. Only one episode (laughs) is left. This episode is not in my top 10. Um, It's not in my top 10. (laughs) But um, we're not not a million million miles away from that elusive, elusive final slot. Um, This is a brilliant episode. It's probably top 20 for me probably i do really enjoy it and as christmas episodes go i think it's probably second um i don't know if i've ever actually said out loud what my favorite christmas episode is i think i probably the, have way the back episode, when. yeah the episode we three kings when myself you and john um had a drink on a saturday afternoon didn't we? we watched all of the christmas episodes and we had a long discussion listeners if you haven't heard that please go all the way back to possibly 2021 the episode we three kings the christmas special where john beale myself and will discuss all the christmas episodes and um just had a bit of fun about christmas um that was nice th- actually i think you and i both revealed our top christmas episode and i think this was actually possibly mine i think yours might have been perspectives Mine is is We Two Kings. Or it could have been that. I don't know what John's was. I should have listened to the episode today. But yeah, my favourite Christmas episode is We Two Kings. It's not the final slot of my top ten, I can tell you that much. But it is my favourite Christmas episode. Um, but they're all they're all good, bar they maybe are. oh, maybe one here and there. I'm not gonna get into the into the into the quagmire, but um <laughs> yeah, they're all good and I do love this one, so it's very good. Actor. Who have you gone for, Stephen? 
Oh, it's got to be a regular member, which oh, it could be recurring, isn't it? And Faye does recur. It can be she's... recurring. They only need to be in two episodes, the, and Faye the... does recur. But she's only on a debut, and she doesn't put on the biggest performance. I she don't doesn't think. get that yeah. many lines, does she? Let's not be fair not in her. this one. I think there's more coming from Faye. Well, I know there's more coming from Faye. This is, there is. the start of Faye. Um, I think. I, 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 oh, it's, it's it's a coin toss, isn't it? It's, it's got to be David Hyde Pierce or Kelsey because the others just don't have as much going on. I'm going to be Team Kelsey. I'm right with you. I am shaking <laughs> the blue pom-poms of Team Kelsey. Uh, I've gone for Frey. Just He just conducts this episode in a, in a kind of typically brilliant way. It's his reactions to the various christmas stimuli the tree niles the wreath martin yeah. <laughs> it's him that gives us the laughs so um that's who i've gone with here um kennedy burling our man on the ground and pronounced lover of christmas <laughs> what is his favorite christmas decoration steve you've been to his mansion you've seen the way he decorates that palace at christmas what's the ultimate decoration he wheels out every year Every year on the top of the Christmas tree, he has Mrs. Burling made into a little tiny figure looking like an angel because he always wow. calls her. He always says, my angel, my angel. And so, so that that's where Gorgeous. she is. Some have said it's a slightly erotic statue. Um, Kennedy would say, it's my love for my wife. The statue it's nothing, can look. It's nothing it compared to the eye sculpture she had, he had made of her, <laughs> but you know. Now that really is too, uh, too hot to handle. He, he um, once was quoted as saying his nutsack was melting, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um that all the remains to play all the remains to play rather is <laughs> whose crane is it anyway my line for you my, my my word for you this week steve is doctor i think it's gonna be helen she says an unattached doctor it is and you know what? I'm glad to give you a slightly more accessible <laughs> one this year, this week because I do I do give you really real stinkers. So, honest, actually, nice. considering Doctor Crane, I think she might say he says. Does he say when they're talking? I think she she's the only person who says Doctor in the whole thing, isn't it? She says an, an eligible Doctor. She also says Doctor Fraser Crane from the radio. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I listen to it when I come and visit my my daughter. I think she is literally the person who says it two or three times. According to KACL, she says it once when she says an a nice and attached doctor, and she says it mm -hmm. again. So, Marty, both your sons are doctors. Oh. Uh, How do you work that out? So there we go. Um, I, I don't know. Do I? <laughs> do I? Do I? Uh, shall we jump over to listen to Mal? Yeah, let's go for that. Ross, who's our next caller? Okay, listen, Mal, this week, unsurprisingly, there is a deluge, a downpour of uh, <laughs> of, of uh, replies because this is a very popular episode. Um, so, I mean, we got 58 reactions on Facebook alone just for the post that we're going to be recording this episode. <laughs> so we know you guys love this. Uh, Rob McCartney opens this week's Listener Mail with, I love Frasier, but hopeless at remembering what episode is in what season. So I'll ask, which season is this in? Let us tell you, Rob. It's season six. There you go. Rob is my infamous work colleague who I shout out, Robert. Is it? Every that's, week. That's, that's, that's Robert. That's, that's Rob. That's Robert. And he says, no not way. now. Robert. I would buy I would buy dog food <laughs> off you any day, Rob. Um, Eugene Mahone says, what do you 
what do you think I think of this episode? Answering with a question. Very <laughs> clever indeed. Over to you, Steve. <laughs> um, we have a lot on, on Instagram as well. I have Bayesian Godel, uh, Piles Crane, uh, Ryan Gines, Kaz Mai, Ashley Too, and a few others of you that have all just written, Jesus! <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly a very good line. Um, I've also got d 3D, which is one of the classics. And I have uh, Ashley, oh, no, sorry, not Ashley 2, Gareth 1976-1976 again, 10 out of 10. So it's a very, very popular episode over on Instagram. I'll read a few more comments in a minute. We'll back to you. Excellent. Edwina Hayes says, such a great episode, so many great bits, many of which have already been mentioned. But one that stands out is Niall saying, you don't ever actually say those things to the woman, do you? <laughs> when Fraser says, I guess someone wanted to rack up a few more frequent Fraser miles. I love this little acknowledgement of Fraser's habit of saying things like this really can't wait for the podcast yeah well there you go edwina uh michael says one of my top tens i expect it's wills too i'm so sorry Ooh. to disappoint you michael it's certainly floating around there but it doesn't get the coveted final slot remember listeners if you think you know my final top 10 episode which is my ultimate number one episode of frasia Send us a message. Let me know what you think it is. We'll try and arrange some sort of small acknowledgement that you got it right when that episode comes. I'll point out, if you're going to DM me for the pages, please do not write anything other than this is... Or just put top 10 guests before you write anything else so I do not open it and Key doesn't open it. It has Very, very good point. I do not want to see it until Will reveals it. Um, Back on Instagram, we have Dave320NEO, a very good episode, except for the crying part. So Mm -hmm. he agrees with you there, Will. Um, Sawin Shell, always loved how dreadful the pre-decorated Christmas tree looks, which I would agree with. It looks pretty damn... It looks awful. (laughs) Um, I guess it had to be small enough that that guy could bring it in through the door and not knock things off. Um, Shantae.l, this is my favourite Christmas episode. Answer everything with a question. Yes. Yes. Um, And Sam Sonite, this episode never fails to elicit laughs out of anyone I've watched it with, which I would probably much agree with, to be fair. Nice. Very good there. Uh, Gareth Lloyd Rowland says, just a thought, what about recording in 2024 the original Frasier as you do now, but once a month do an episode of new Frasier? I would love your views on it when it's fairly newish. Very good point. Um, very good point and something we'll think about because I am wary that we've not covered the new stuff and we we owe that to you as as a as a leading Fraser podcast. Um, <laughs> one of many and there's many great ones available. Uh, Missy Callis, this is one of my favorite episodes, Christmas or otherwise. Uh, and Laura Hughes says in my top 10 for sure, David Hyde Pierce's delivery of okay in the kitchen gets me every time. Uh, Delirious has put uh, perhaps my favourite Christmas episode of them all. Um, Kate Newif has put love the farces in it. Um, <laughs> and Arma or Ama 50X, the scene where Nars pretends to be Jewish is peak Frasier, which I would agree with, definitely. It's bloody good. Uh, KL Hadjek says, this is a great episode. My wife and I just watched this as part of our binge of every Frasier Christmas episode. I love the way Niles bounces around the house quietly in costume. Just another example of his physical comedy. And I love Frasier and Martin's back and forth. Merry Christmas. It's another one of those things that starts funny, becomes too much, then makes me laugh again. 
Uh, that and the Jesus are great examples <laughs> of Frazier getting loud. I absolutely love when he gets loud and flamboyant. That's part of the reason he's my favorite character. P.S. I'm on a short break from your podcast thanks to a comment Will made in the Retirement is Murder episode. I had to go find a true crime podcast episode uh, covering the disappearance of Brandon Swanson. Wow, that's uh, that's so nuts. I remember mentioning that all those <laughs> all those years ago uh, at this point. Um, it's a really interesting kind of mystery and disappearance and very creepy. Um, but yeah, love to see another person who loves Frasier as their favorite character. And I also love him getting loud and flamboyant. <laughs> so very good. Uh, Eliza DMV, one of the funniest episodes. Everyone's acting was top notch. Love Faye for Frasier. Another one for Team Faye, uh, Faye there. Um, JTL Cartmel, the best Frasier Christmas episode. It was on Channel 4 in the UK and still made me laugh out loud. That nice. was today. Well, I presume today, so it may have been in the last 24 hours. Um, Alistair Tatua, Jesus, when Niles sugars up the Jewish wine, it never fails to make me laugh. So good. So good. Mary C says this is her best episode in all 11 seasons. Lindsay Marshall says, I can never decide if I like this Christmas episode the most or High Holidays. Does seem to be those two that's often in contention for greatest mm. Christmas set. Certainly, obviously, not in not in mine or possibly not yours, Steve. Um, but no, what did you say your favourite is? I think it's the... I, I, as much as I like hol High Holidays as an episode, I don't really care too much for the drug use not because i don't i not I, because you're a prude steve <laughs> no it's not that i i just i don't necessarily find i think it's just a bit overrated i know that people will hate me saying that it's just not an episode i find hmm. it is it is funny i just don't find it as hilarious as other people do and i think that just makes me feel that episode's a bit overrated as an episode just because they're on pot um but i do enjoy it um but this this for me is a, a, a superior episode definitely Amen. Uh, Wyndham North says, one of the very best. I have Jewish family and I really recognize the highly emotional relationships portrayed by Faye and her mum. Niles coaching Martin to answer questions with another question is just gold. <laughs> There's also a nice callback to one of the props from this episode in the new Frasier revival. No spoilers to be given there, but a, a very yeah. tantalizing little treat there. Um, Julie Ingu says a great one. The whole pretending to be Jewish and Niles helping Daphne's crazy play, then Martin Fraser not being able uh, not being able to fight like Helen and Faye. Lindsay Marshall says I can never decide if I like. Oh no, I've already read that one out. Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> Over to you, Steve. <laughs> um, the dead is dead. Probably one of the best Christmas episodes. Fraser shouting Jesus has never gotten old. And uh, Debbie, Debbie Lop, uh, 3D, one of the classics. One of the classics. Chris Roberts says, Jesus. Plus, <laughs> I've said it before, it's unnerving how much DHP reminds me of Eric Stoltz, particularly from Pulp Fiction. That's got five likes. Uh, Anne Hodges, I love this one. It's my second favourite Christmas episode. Very close behind. Steve? High holidays, surely. High holidays. <laughs> uh, I really wish I could see the hot mess of a Christmas program that Daphne was producing. That must have been something. <laughs> like almost everyone else, my favourite line is, Jesus, but sit winnily done is excellent too. I laugh out loud every time. I also really enjoy the escape call bit. And can I just take a second to gush over Carol Shelley's performance? She was so fantastic as Helen. I had to check to see if she received any nominations for this episode, and she didn't. Criminal! I loved her, and I would have loved to see more episodes with Helen Moskowitz. 
Our boy Alistair Green of the Stickers fame, as amongst many other wonderful things for this podcast, has said, is this Will's mysterious missing top 10 episode? <laughs> it's certainly in my top 10 list. There are simply too many hilarious lines to pick out favourites, but Niles' delivery of his lines when he's pretending to be Jewish just get me every single time. My actor of the week next year in Jerusalem and up the villa. Thank you, Alistair. Well, you know your answer to your first question, but up the villa indeed. Uh, we actually had a real uh, a message from the real real toffee cat. Um, it just says Christmas is a great time to thank the people who bring us joy. Will, Key, and Steve, you have certainly brought joy to our lives with this podcast. Thank you all so much. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz is my all time favorite episode. So much to love here, including get out of that coat already. <laughs> the moil that line delivery just kills me. Sit, we're nearly done, and of course the best part. Jesus. Um, the Real Toffee Cat, thank you ever so much. That's very kind of you to message us. Um, obviously, when we put questions up on the stories, you can only write a certain amount. So it's very kind that you took the time to message us. And um, Merry Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas indeed. Uh, ca- capping things off on Facebook is our boy, Corey, with his unbelievable fun bits, which we, we look forward to every episode. Uh, this is in Corey's top 10, people. It is a Quizmaster top 10. Sound the alarm bells. And it's his favourite Christmas episode, though high holidays often force me to reconsider. Man, these two, I'd love to see the two of them battling out in some kind of boxing <laughs> match. Uh, always think that Roz's line about candle holder thing is very forced. Obviously, she means the candelabra for Hanukkah. Um, menorah. The menorah. <laughs> I said candelabra. It's a menorah. Candelabra is the kind of chandelier-esque looking thing. Correct. It is the menorah. Very good. Um, Frasier really has a weird relationship with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. In this episode, he laments that Rudolph isn't even an original reindeer. Back in Cheers, season five, episode nine, Thanksgiving Orphans, he claims that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is one of the most damaging holiday songs, <laughs> giving children a distorted view of reality. Uh, he goes on to claim that the other reindeer at first mock him and ostracize him. Quote, then, when his abnormality proves of service, they use him. After Rudolph saves Christmas, Frasier postulates that the other reindeer then don't allow Rudolph to join in the reindeer games, as song suggests. Quote, in fact, not only did Donna, Blitz and Etel not love him and laugh out with glee, but they doubly despise the bulbous-nosed little wimp. Um, there we have it from our boy MK and his encyclopedic knowledge of Frasier and Cheers. Just quickly before you get on to the end parts of this, because I yes. think list- listeners may enjoy uh, just to know, and I know we've discussed it before, but what is your favourite Christmas album, Will? Christmas album? I know what it is. I know what you're going to say, because I know that you listen to it on vinyl a lot, and I know you've listened it, to it uh, recently. It, it, it is the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack by Vince Guaraldi, the wonderful jazz musician. Do you want to take a guess at what you think mine could be? Christmas album. I mean, it's a t- um, it's a tough one because I don't know that many albums. Christmas is a time of compilations, and let's hear let's hear Sting and Bono and Boy George yeah. all sing together. It's Christ- purely because I grew up, and my mum and dad used to play this one quite a lot. It's the Phil Spector Christmas album. Oh. Ooh, okay. Featuring a lot of the Ronettes, obviously. A lot of it's it's I music love the Ronettes. He, yeah, it's music he produced. Um so yeah, 
that's that's my favorite. I just thought we'd give listeners that's our favorite Christmas albums. Go and listen to them this Christmas. Go and ruddy <laughs> bloody listen to them, please, listeners. That sounds wonderful. Right, we are at the end of this episode, Steve, which means there's only one thing left for me to do. To deliver the Christmas parable to bring this episode to an end, as of course, my most faithful listeners know, every year I compose a parable that I hope will illuminate the spirit of the Christmas season. So without any further ado, I give you the story of Olaf, the lonely little goat herd. Once upon a time, there lived a lonely little goat herd. He had no family and no playthings, so to amuse himself one day he carved a little wooden flute a flute that he used to play during the long, lonely evenings. And the tune it made was very lovely, and all the people in the village below could hear the pure, glorious sound. One day, the son of a wealthy merchant heard the music, and while that boy had all the toys in the world, he was jealous of this little goat herd's flute. So one dark night, one dark, windy night, the merchant's son stole his precious instrument. But when he took that flute home, he couldn't make it play, so he smashed the flute to bits. When the little goat herd came down the mountain the next day and saw his flute was broken, yikes! He might have said that, but instead he forgave the merchant's son, and the wealthy merchant adopted the little goat herd. And, oh mama! He said upon meeting the merchant's wife, and somewhere along the way he learned the true meaning of Christmas. Will and Stephen Key wish you a truly blessed and forgiving holiday. Uh, we hope you all have a lovely holiday season. This episode's coming to you on Christmas Eve. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. We'll be back in the new year with Good Samaritan. Steve? I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who listens, um, everyone who gets in touch. Um, obviously, without the listeners we've got, without the community that are around us, this podcast would not exist. Um, thank you to everyone who listens, everyone who shares us, everyone, like I say, who gets in touch, contacts us. Uh, interactors in any kind of way because you all mean so much to us and we are approaching a massive milestone will i'm going to drop it we are about 3400 downloads away from ah! half a million downloads and i when that hits that i will be doing a small giveaway of some fraser items um so look out on the socials because we need to celebrate in fact we might spend most of next year doing some giveaways just to celebrate hitting half a million and let's move forward to a million downloads. Let's just a keep million, going. baby. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, thank you everyone who's listened to this calendar year. And indeed, many of you have been listening since we began. We love you all. Have a lovely Christmas with your families. And we will see you in the new year. Other than that, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs 